0: imagine having a moment like that doing a judd apatow film and going back to your day job thinking that you're stuck the next day i could not stop thinking about that i was like well maybe I know I'm playing it safe, but maybe it's time for this college kid to turn pro. You know what I mean? Maybe I gotta fucking, I gotta rethink my life. Maybe I got, maybe this is a time for me to pursue acting full time, but, you know, look at me. I know I look like a, like a fucking double-chinned Asian Mr. Burns with bad posture, but I don't know. I mean, maybe this is time for me. Maybe this is a sign. By the way, I'm thinking all this while 50 patients are waiting for me. Not a good look. And my nurse is desperately trying to get me to focus. She goes, Dr. Jung, uh, you have a patient in room two waiting for you. I was like, well, nurse, you have a doctor who doesn't give a fuck. Just did a movie, Carol. Just did a movie, man. You don't get it. And believe it or not, I quit my day job the next day. True story. I was scared, man. I was fucking scared because I didn't have any family support. Like, my strict, traditional Korean dad who wanted me to be a doctor before I was born, no, he was severely bumping on this shit, dude. He he was just like, he cursing me out in Korean, you, you, you bring great shit to Chung family? And then after the hangover, we are so proud. I knew you'd make it, boy. I knew you'd make it. I believe in you. We are so proud of your tiny ding-dong. So proud. <laughs> the smaller the penis, the bigger the box office. <laughs> oh, thanks, Papa. Great phrase. Okay.
1: I, I'm sure you, you've, you've heard some of the rumors circulating around the hallways about how we're going to be doing a house cleaning with some of the software people.
2: Well, Bob, I have heard that, and you've got to do what you've got to do.
3: We're going to be getting rid of these people here. Uh, first, Mr. Samir... Not going to work here anymore, anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, Mr. Mike Bolton, everybody's going to
2: miss him. You're going to lay off Samir and Michael. Oh, yeah, we're going to bring in some uh, entry-level graduates, farm some work out to Singapore, its usual deal.
1: Well standard operating procedure? Do they know this yet? No, no, of course not. (laughs) We find it's always better to fire people on a Friday. Mm -hmm. Studies have statistically shown that there's less chance of an incident if you do it at the end of the week.
2: Sure. I'll talk it out.
4: Yeah, let's just have a conversation. Track three.
2: Better not be fucking Dave Matthews' band. Okay.
0: Those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, which it seems like you guys are choosing... Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. this is virus. You hereby waive your right, to your own personal bodily integrity. This
5: is not you. Two.
0: Per the State versus Neville Reed, my colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated
4: WHATEVER THE FUCK I WANT!
6: Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive
7: screwheads, listen up!
8: I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town.
7: Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants.
3: What was that ruckus? What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Describe the ruckus, sir. Does this mean we're not
4: friends anymore?
3: I'm That's in me. my prime. I'm out of
4: your
9: mind. Yeah. Ain't it cool? I'm I'm mm-hmm. Everyone! First you want to kill me. Now you want to kiss me blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun.
10: Hey, what's up, everyone? DJ Nubis, here with you on the Meltdown Radio Podcast. Doing the last episode of my top 100 all-time favorite metal tracks. And uh, finally getting this done and out of here. Completed. Neko should be home in about a week or two. So that's good news there on that front. Uh, If you haven't checked it out yet on our YouTube channel at Metal Time Radio. um, Poet and I did another episode of the Poetic Carnage last night. Talking a little bit about... Uh, Final four the teams that are playing on Saturday uh, Also had a lot to say about the Lamar Jackson uh, issue in Baltimore Uh, That was a pretty heavy topic So for any fans of football or fans of the Ravens who are interested in what we had to say on that, You can check that out there now Also more recently I had my review of John wick Four, so that's up there as well Uh, Let's see so all right, number 20. So the last 20 here. And uh, this was initially a song that was in my top 10 for a long time. And, you know, it's not really so much that it's a bad song or anything. Like, that's kind of the way things work sometimes. Songs will go up and down your list. Some will stay the same. But uh, this one dropped a little bit. Uh, And, you know, it comes from the band's greatest record, really, Uh, although I still love Turbo a lot, and Firepower was a great return that the last release that Judas Priest had, but when all is said and done, it always comes back to this particular song as the one that kind of changed the the landscape for them uh, as far as heaviness is concerned, and uh, so here we are. Judas Priest at number 20 with pain.
7: see a concert. And we're going to see Metallica live. Now, yeah, I totally tricked my wife. You know, I I played the slow song. Oh, I like that song. It's not so scary. Yeah, see? They changed. They evolved. (laughs) (laughs) So we get to the show, all right? And we get there. We sit out, I forget. I'm, I'm domesticated now. She's like, is there a brochure? I'm like, all right. We're looking around the stadium, brochure, whatever. Now, here's when you know you're too old to be going to concerts. First of all, the name of the bands is already a tragic mistake. Here's the opener, so you ready for this? Just the names. Anthrax, Megadeth, and Slayer. Okay. All right. Did you hear? All right. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that? You hear that? Let me tell you something about Slayer fans. <laughs> they, they are, that was the scariest time of my life when the Slayer fans showed up. That's the first time I feared my own race. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> I feared my own race. They look like the extras from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Right before Slayer came out, someone came out "Uh Uh and... Release the Slayer fans. (laughs) They came out of nowhere, under the ground, tattooing their faces.
4: Slayer!
7: Slayer!
4: We're here to witness Slayer!
7: And, um, um... Hovering my wife, like, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> we're only gonna be on for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Slayer, Slayer, we're gonna be safe. <laughs> so, Slayer's about to go on right for Metallica. The lights go out. <clears throat> now, I forget I'm domesticated, so when the lights go out of show, I still get that giddy feeling. It's <laughs> <laughs> so starting. <laughs> Cause I'm used to you know like, beauty and be
11: <laughs>
7: Why are they so mean to the beast? They don't get better, Daddy. <laughs> so <laughs> So the lights go out and I hear and I is there a train coming? And I turn around, and there's about 500 Slayer fans, and they're heading right for the stage, and they're not using the aisles to get there. (laughs) Chairs are being flung, people flying up in the air. I looked at my wife, like every man for himself.
10: we are down to number 19 uh you know it's interesting i've I've talked about this a little bit before how i came about to like black metal and stuff like that and uh you know uh it's always been like this progression when i was young you know i i grew up as early as age you know when i was five i started listening to the radio at night and this is like back in the 70s so uh you know i was listening to classic rock you know zeppelin Blue Oyster cold to, uh, You know just the Eagles stuff like that and then of course as the 80s came around on MTV You know I started getting influenced by bands that they were showing there even though I have this like Soft spot and love for 80s pop music uh, It was also the time when I really became fascinated with hard rock and glam rock so even though I would never really liked or cared about the glam aspect of it all uh, the music itself was very good. I liked it a lot. Rat is definitely one of my favorite bands, out of that era, and uh, you know that was kind of kickstarting my love for hard and heaviness at that point. Even though I was, you know, was still a lot yet to come in terms of metal. Uh, you know, I obviously knew a little bit about Maiden and stuff like that that they would play on MTV, and of course, here and there you'd see other bands, but it wasn't really till like you know. 87 or 88 when I got into Metallica and that kind of kick-started the thrash thing for me uh, And then around 89 or 90 is when death metal became a thing for me as well with napalm death and tuned and stuff like that. So I always kind of knew what black metal was just by on the surface You know when I see magazines and read about bands and of course, you know all the stuff in Norway early 90s at that time So I never really thought that I would even be interested in that type of music, and I think maybe I'd to listen to a couple of uh, bands, and I thought it was, like, garbage, uh, but it was not until about 97 that I said, you know what, because, like, you know, metal was kind of slow, I mean, I know it was still around, but as far as, like, finding anything, and you weren't, you didn't have the internet to kind of just go and search things out, you were pretty much relegated to whatever was in the mu- music stores at the time, or... What you read about in magazines, and I you know I took chances on different things, but the first two records that I picked up I um, just on a whim. I said you know what fuck this I'm gonna, I'm gonna try checking these bands out and see what they're all about and the first album I got or the first two records. I bought that day uh, was Emperor's uh, anthems of welcome dusk and then um, Demi Borghier's, uh in throne darkness triumphant and even though I do like Emperor a lot, uh, I remember EDT being like the go-to record for me at that moment. Like Dimmu was like a really big because it was a little more easier to consume uh, Dimmu uh, than Emperor at that time. But I did really like that record as well. Uh, but Dimmu had really become for quite a while from that point one of my favorite black metal bands, uh, symphonic black metal to be exact. Uh, and, you know, they've, even though they haven't really, the last couple of records were okay, just not, nothing great, because they're, like, so many years apart now that they're putting stuff out. Last one was, like, 2018. Uh, but the last record I probably liked from was was sorte Diablo, uh, from 2007, so that goes quite a far back there as with that, but, uh, there's one song that, is always gonna be like my favorite and it's just a well-written tune it's it's you know they had vortex uh from our uh from uh borniger who had joined them uh earlier in the year you know a few years earlier i think he, I think he guessed it on spiritual black dimensions in 99 and then joined them full time in 2001 for pyrotechnical euphoric mesothropia but uh he he's re- recently left and all that stuff but death called up again was probably like they're more i don't want to say mainstream but they got them a lot of attention and of course this song progenies of the great apocalypse is really a good reason for that because that song actually showed up in a trailer for hellboy at one point which i was kind of happy about i don't know if it actually ended up on the actual soundtrack for that uh movie or not i don't know if i ever looked at it but the song itself is just so well written, uh, top to bottom. You got, you know, you got obviously Shagrath's rough vocals in there a lot, and then of course Vortex throwing in his cleans, and then of course Mustis. There's this keyboard uh, solo work, or it's not really solo work, but just what he's adding to the middle of the song, the meat of it is just fucking amazing. It's just so beautifully written, and. Uh, it, to this day, it's just still one of those songs that I will play and you know, there's this moment After they've gone through like this sort of lull where Mustis is playing the keyboards and it's kind of nice and pretty and Neko and I will sit there and we'll turn around when Shagrath comes back with this scream and we both do it together So it's kind of funny. It's just we know we it's just something we do together and a song that we really love and this one at number 19 Jimmy boy gear progenies of the great apocalypse.
12: it's a school nurse she goes I have Isla in the office is there a parent at home I was like I'll do (laughs) gives the phone to Isla her first words I tried to stop it dad (laughs) I go stop what she goes I got my period I'm like bitch you promised (laughs) I'm like you called the wrong number dickhead call your mom she's like dad i need you right now immediately as a parent i'm melting down so i'm like she's freaking out at school she's by herself she's going through what georgia went through this isn't my skill set but i got this i go okay baby all right okay how'd you get it (laughs) she was like dad i was playing kickball immediately i'm like oh poor kid i thought she blew out her pussy (laughs) just oh shit oh i'm out coach i'm out yeah i tore my twat it's bad i blew out my cooch coach i'm gonna have to sit this one out pinch runner pinch runner now i'm spiraling i'm like all right what do you need from me new pants new panties new socks did it get in your socks a bucket some towels garlic we're gonna keep the vampires away from you She's like, Dad, I'm fine. Mom gave me a go bag. I go, okay, then what are you calling me for? She goes, I need you to go to the store and get supplies. I'm like, how bad is this, period? She's like, no, Dad, I'm throwing myself a period party tonight. I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? She's like, all the girls are doing it, Dad. I need you to go to the store and get supplies. Get a red velvet cake. I'm like, ah! I go, baby, I don't think I can eat a red velvet cake (laughs) knowing what it symbolizes. She's like, Dad, you need a red velvet cake for a period party because you put the name of your period on the cake. I'm like, who names their period? She's like, Georgia named hers after the girl from Progressive Auto Insurance. (laughs) She's like, Dad, please, I need you right now. I have 10 people coming tonight. I go, we have 10 little girls coming to the house. She goes, no, eight girls, two boys. I'm like, who invites boys to a period party? And I hear her sinister little giggle on the phone, and she goes, Dad, that's the fun of it. We don't tell them why they're there. (laughs) Now I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. (laughs) I have never had more fun at a party in my entire life. Planning, hosting, and attending a period party. I dressed all in red like it was Chinese New Year's. Drinking Pinot Noir, I made pasta with chunky marinara sauce. <laughs> and I giggled the whole night with all these little girls at these two boys, Max and Carter, right? Faces covered in red cake. <laughs> like it's their honeymoon and they're like, fuck it, I'll eat it anyway. <laughs> the whole party, these two boys are looking at the cake going, who the hell's Jason? Jason. My daughter, Isla Kreischer, named her period Jason because she got it on Friday the 13th. All
10: right, at number 18, band really needs an introduction, but again, during that late 80s when I was checking out more and more extreme stuff, this band was one of them that I had checked out. And this song, of course, Come from their debut slowly we rot recently obituary put out a new record this year dying of everything did make my best of this year so it's already on the list great record so if you have not checked it out yet do so uh but this yeah this was the first song that i actually heard from obituary uh from that debut and 89 and then uh it just he stuck and still one of my favorites because mainly because donald Tardy's voice in this and the way that he's using his vocals in this is like very mesmerizing and fucking amazing and uh here it is the number 18 obituary with till death <laughs>
8: You ready for this weekend?
3: Why? What's this weekend?
8: The ferret's having a party.
3: Oh, life's a nightmare.
8: He's getting two cases of Budweiser, a bucket of nachos, and a karaoke machine.
3: I'm not going.
8: Louie, everyone's going.
3: Yeah, like who? A bunch of slugs? Mm-mm, me, you, the
8: ferret, and all of his lady friends. The ferret has lady friends. Oh, yeah, dozens. Eh? He's like a furry little gigolo. Yeah, I don't believe this. Hey, hey ferret, <laughs> who's coming to this
3: party of yours? Well, it's no It's terrible.
8: What's he saying? He's saying there'll be some fine-looking weasels. Some iguanas that need a good man. He's
3: lying.
8: And a mongoose named Lynette.
3: Lynette?
8: Who likes to shake a booty on the dance floor.
3: Okay, okay, take a cold shower, Squeaky. I don't get it, Frank. What do they see in him? He he can't even talk.
8: They like the squeaks. What? Women love a guy who can squeak. That's the number one rule of dating.
3: Oh, they like it when guys go wee wee wee.
8: Drives them crazy. Wee <laughs> wee. Oh, shut up! anheuser Bush, St. Louis, Missouri.
10: Down to number seventeen. Rolling along here. Uh... So, yeah, uh, I've been a follower of this particular artist out of Australia for a long time. Um, Dispater, who is the brainchild behind the project Midnight Odyssey. Uh, Also, he is an ex-vocalist for Aeon Winds, if you're familiar with that band as well. Uh, But in 2012, he released a Funeral Doom death metal uh, album uh, from a project called Tempetuous Fall and the Stars Would Not Awake You. And, um, I immediately fell in love with it. Like, I really fell in love with it now. I had sort of a weird interaction with him on Facebook, uh, way back in probably 2013 and 14 because he came out and announced that he was disbanding that particular project. Like, he wouldn't do any more with it. So, naturally, because that record was, like, one of my favorites of 2012, uh, I was kind of bummed, you know, like, I I love... Uh, midnight odyssey it's still a fantastic project and i love everything that he's put out from that project as well but uh i was really digging what he was doing with tempestuous fall and so when i kind of went on his facebook page and after he announced i was like oh man that sucks and he kind of had like kind of like a i don't know if it was intentional or not but it was kind of like a shitty attitude about it he's like well it sucks for you or some sort something to that effect and i'm like okay you know i was like whatever uh I try to give a guy love and he's want to spits in your face about it but uh I, again i don't know if that was really his intention to be like that but uh nevertheless this record is really really fabulous and um the track that i have is my favorite from it uh it's one of probably two songs in my list here today that are kind of long in, in nature but when you're dealing with like doom and stuff that usually will happen especially funeral doom which is like my favorite type of doom metal uh but yeah so at number 17 here we have tempestuous fall with marble tears and around the it's like the five or seven marks somewhere between there like it starts to get really fucking cool so uh check it out here we go and then Once I've posted this podcast, let me know what you think of all the tracks that I've posted so far. Give me some feedback. Do you like it? Do you don't? Tell me to fuck off. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Here we go.
4: from pig destroyer hate beak and zealot r.i.p and you're listening to dj anubis and dj neko at metal tavern radio get into it now
13: some girls love sucking dick they like love it and i've never understood it i'm like what are you getting out of it and then i realize it's because they're good at it that's it, it's as simple as that, truly. If, you're, if you love sucking dick, it's because you're good at it. And if you don't like it, if you're like, I hate blowjobs, it's because you're bad at it. It's, you're really bad at it. We like doing things we're good at, and if you were good at it, you would do it all the time. If you're just like, it's such a bore, it's such a pain, you're, you suck at it, and I'm one of you. <laughs> I could have been good. I, all it would have taken was one guy to just like give me a compliment early on, you know? Someone just, just like show me that I had a little promise or something, just <laughs> send me off in the right direction. <laughs> we just wanna be good in the, and it's, it's, it's early intervention and it's key. Like I feel like true blowjob queens, girls that are like, I love it. It was like one of the first times they gave a blowjob. The guy was like, you're great. And like believed in them. Cause that's what it takes. It takes one guy one coach, one youth minister to lay the foundation for a girl. The first time, oh, you're so nervous. And all you want is a guy to just take your chin and be like, hey, look up. And you go, what? He's like, you've got spunk in your hair. But like the way that you handled my balls was pretty cool. And I think you're on to something, just anything. We'll nudge. And that's why I tell guys, lie to us. Tell us we're good and we'll blow you all the time. Honestly, like, if you hook up with a girl and she blows you and it's not very good, just lie and be like, that was the best blowjob ever. Because she'll just be like, it was? And then she'll like set off on a course to like be the best. And she'll go out and she'll be like, I was good once. You know?
10: Number 16 and uh, band coming out of France. Uh, it's interesting because this is a band name-wise that's after my own heart. For those that pay attention to anything I say or do on my YouTube channel or know me by now, uh, the band is of course Gojira and I used to actually go by Godzilla for a while before it changed into the Gorgier, the initial, original name of Godzilla. Uh, they are basically a progressive death metal band out of France, of course. And, uh, Neko and I have actually got the chance to see them during the, Ellen Ellen Fonsovich tour in 2012. Uh, so fucking good live. Uh, they were actually playing with, uh, opening for Devin Townsend. So that was like a really amazing show. And, uh, Got to hear a lot of the great songs because that's actually my favorite record from them. Even though they have some other good tunes on *Magnum Fortitude*, they just don't really add up to the mass of greatness that is *The S- Vant Sauvage*. And uh, basically, that means *Wild Child*. And uh, ironically enough, that is the title track. That is the track that here at number 16. I love the lyrical content, uh, the way the song is arranged and written. It's just a perfect song, perfect storm. And so here we go at number 16, Gorgira.
9: Jay Dubas here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG-related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course, everyone's favorite atomic comic-breeding lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y, Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace.
6: I have to say, Charlie, you are an incredible medical specimen. I guess that's one of the benefits of waking up every morning at the crack of crack. <laughs> you know, it's amazing, despite all those years of abusing your lungs, your kidneys, your liver, the only thing you've had removed is your kids. (laughs) (laughs) Admittedly, Charlie gets a little confused sometimes. He's the only guy who pulls a knife on a woman who's already willing to fuck him.
10: (laughs) I drink to that.
9: I
6: mean,
7: think Michael, drink to that.
6: But is Charlie really the worst guy here? So he made a chick blow him for 30 grand. Mike Tyson makes you blow him, because I said so. That's why.
10: <laughs> All righty. Cruising along down to number 15 and uh one of the big four can you guess which one <laughs> out of new york thrash metal been around since 82 first full length came on 84 but i think i was more of a it's weird because i was more of a fan at the time from among the living through persistence of time or even of white noise. I didn't mind John Bush at all, uh, but over the years, like I've this particular track, which comes off their '85 release, "Spreading the Disease," uh, has always stuck to me. And I, I love the riffs. I love it's a little more straightforward. It's not even really so much thrashy as it is just uh, heavy metal, basically. Because early Anthrax is basically heavy you metal. Know, it's a band that kind of goes back and forth between heavy metal and thrash, so. Uh, this particular track. Yeah, it comes off of that record and uh, always loved it So here are 15 we have anthrax with Medusa
5: Introducing the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Available today on your favorite podcast platform. Metal Tavern is a heavy metal, rock music, and movie podcast where they discuss movies, music, current events, and feature live interviews with bands, artists, and YouTube personalities. They spotlight independent labels and feature the underground bands the label represents. Again, that's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Stream it today on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, YouTube, and at the website metaltavernradio.com Many episodes up for you to listen to already and make sure you subscribe to be notified of future releases. That's the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. Go listen, download, and subscribe today. You can also connect on Facebook. Search Metal Tavern Radio and follow the guys on Twitter at Anubis 88 and DJ underscore Nico of that movie, uh,
6: Pride recently. Have you guys seen that movie? Anybody see that? It's about the first all-black swim team and the difficulties they had to go through being the first all-black swim team. Let me ask you a question. How many of those white people are evil movies are they going to make? It's like, it's all the way down to swimming. You know? I'm starting to run out of white guilt, You know? No, it's like those movies, they started off unbelievable, started off with roots, right? White guilt was at an all-time high. I could barely even watch it. I'm like, dude, I got it. My ancestors are evil. Okay, please, please turn the channel, dude. Please turn the channel. They're still hitting them. Fuck, turn the channel. This is going to be on all week. Jesus Christ, turn the channel. Then in the 80s, there was like a football movie, then like Cuba Gooding, wanted to be like a scuba diver. Remember that shit? And now... It's all the way down to swimming. And I got to admit, I don't think I give a fuck. You know? I'm not trying to be a dick, but it's a recreational activity. Plus, I've been in pools. There's been black people in the pool, you know? I never saw any white guy, like, trying to, like, fucking, like, prevent people from getting into the pool. <laughs> it's like, are they just, like, making this shit up? I'm not, I'm not being a dick here either, okay? Just to clarify, you know, I just want... Anybody coming up to me after the show like, you know, I was thinking it, and then you fucking said it. (laughs) I'm not saying that I don't think black people should be allowed to put on some Speedos and go for a dip. I'm not saying that shit. I'm just saying these movies, like the characters aren't even believable. Like they always have to have like that, the the -the over-the-top, uninhibited, white racist character, you know? You know that guy, he's a guy like, uh, he's supposed to represent all the white evil, you know? He's like the dude they always have, like, screaming during the movie trailer. They'll be like, they were the first all-black swim team. Get out of the pool! <laughs> He's got, like, a big vein in his forehead. He's just screaming shit, Look, not even looking around, you know? Dude, it's ridiculous. Real racism is quiet. It's subtle. People look around first make sure that, you know, to make sure the coast is clear. There's disclaimers, like, dude, you know I'm not racist, but uh, these insert group name followed by fucked up conversation, right? (laughs) That's how it goes down. not just some guy just standing up there. There's Negroes in the pool. Do you approve of this? I work at the bank. Can I be fired immediately, please? (laughs) I'm just saying, can you just make the shit, like, believable? You know what the honest thing is those movies? They're starting to give me a complex. You know, because anytime they do a movie about a group of people that thinks dumb shit about another group of people, it's always like white dudes. So it's like, are white dudes the only ones who think ignorant shit about other people, you know? No Mexican guy ever walked up to somebody from India like, dude, what the fuck is that? Is that, like, itchy? fuck that you? What is it? White dudes the only ones walking around. Why well, you guys don't eat cows? What are you, a bunch of fags? Well, then why are you wearing sandals? Because we are wearing sandals. Guy's some fat. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know. Just balance the movies out a little bit. Like just have some of the evil shit that black people say about white people, you know, when, when we're not around, you know? Like, like, well, what are some good examples, you know? You know, like you know what I mean? You're hanging out, you had a rough day, you know. What are some of the classics? You know, what you smell like wet dogs, right? <laughs> You got headlights or something like that, right? Just, just slip some of that shit in there. Get out of the pool. Wash your hand, motherfucker. Friend, just make it seem a little more. Dude, I'm just saying. It's all the way down to swimming. I mean, where the fuck do you go from there? We do, do like ping pong. They were the first all-black ping pong team. They're gonna steal the paddles. Denzel <laughs> Washington.
10: I will say what I love about that particular clip is, you know, some people might look at that and say, ah, you know, it's kind of a uh, risque for a comic to, to, to tackle that topic. But the reality is he makes a lot of great points. And I've actually seen a lot of people of color, like watch that particular segment and do reactions to it. So I'm kind of happy when they actually understand where he's coming from. Cause he's actually married to a black woman and, uh, I just find it because uh, in society, we tend to be a little bit overly sensitive about certain things. And I'm glad that a good portion of a black, you know, a black America isn't like that offended by something like that, when really it's not meant to be offensive to them. He's just setting a point about how far things can go in terms of race or sex or whatever, because you look around right now in society and shit's pretty crazy, man. Just shit's really crazy. And these mouthpieces for the governments and, you know, media, they just kind of overblow shit so much. And their only objective, I can feel, is to drive us to be divided. And it's just sad, like with sad state of affairs right now. Anyhow, that's why I enjoy comedy and, you know, the fact that we can kind of cut loose, whether it's music, movies, or whatever. And don't have to focus on the negatives of society so much. Uh, there's a lot going on right now with trans identities and the trans shooting recently. Just a lot of crap. But, you know, you got people on either side of the extremes either defending it or, you know, blaming all trans people for being killers. It's just kind of ridiculous at a point right now. So you got to be able to think for yourselves. Be an individual. Don't be sheep. Do your research. And... Don't get caught up in the extremists of either side of this coin, and coins of different topics. So anyway, back to our music here. I really struggled to figure out which song I was going to use from this particular artist, uh, mainly because I love this is one of like one of my favorite projects and bands. Um, it's a one-man project out of Germany. Uh, actually, was brought to my attention by a friend of mine who kind of enlightened me to a few different bands along the way. I've known him for a long time on uh, the internet and social media. Uh, powerful Forum way back when in the early 2000s. And uh, he brought this particular project to my my mind early on. It started out more of like a blackish doom project but then sort of over the years has transformed a little more into like a death doom type project and ever since uh, the 2009 release Fallisema of the Sheltered Elite I've really really enjoyed the Ruins of Beverast a lot and uh, the brain shot behind Alexander Von Mielenwald, Uh just such a good 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 uh, songwriter and you know vocalists and it's just crazy like the, the, i've seen him a couple of times now at mdf uh had the privilege to do that and they just it's much better when it's in, indoors rather than out uh so you know I, I again Fowler Seaman is probably my favorite record overall but in 2021 that he released the the thule grimoires and uh i don't know this particular song is been playing a lot for me like in terms of rotation and currently you know any, any day it can change but right now this is the track off of that record Cromlick uh, Nell that is my favorite at number 14 here so here's the Ruins of Beverast Cromlick Nell
5: From Victoria, B.C., you listen listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Stay thrashing.
12: They woke up one morning. One morning they wake up at 5 in the morning. They were younger. They, I don't know how old they were, but they were younger. Like, I don't trust dads who know exactly how old their kids are. If you're talking to a dad, and he's like, 16 months today, he better be married to another dad. (laughs) And that's, I don't mean that homophobic. I'm not homophobic at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not. I'm more like a homochondriac. (laughs) Like, I'm comfortable if you're gay. I'm comfortable with your lifestyle. I'm just afraid one night you'll get me drunk and trick me into it. i like it. That's my fear. I'll like it and I'll be good at it. Line them up. So I saw gay porn once for like 45 minutes. Let me tell you something. Holy shit. Ladies, you got to step up your blowjob game. Yeah, you're still playing JV basketball, and the gay guys are the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, dunking on cocks. Holding their own head. Fuck this face, son! (laughs) The fuck are we talking about? I'm literally, how did I get off on this gay rant? (laughs) The fucking. Oh, my daughters, my daughters, my daughters! Huh. Gay guys shrug and cock. Oh, my daughters, okay, here we go. This'll work. Okay. Down to number 13.
10: Again, another band really doesn't need much introduction. You'll probably find a lot of the familiar faces uh, coming up. Uh, another band out of New York, been around since the early 80s. Um, I discovered them in 88 off their third release, Under the Influence, and it's um, actually where this track comes from. I think overall my favorite is their follow up uh, in 89 called The Years of Decay. And if you don't know by now, it is Overkill Thrash Band and uh still going strong they just put out well they'll be putting out a a new album this year actually which will be april 14th so soon very soon called scorched and i'll be ready to hear that uh myself because i'm ready more overkill cool thing about overkill is that they've never wavered from what they are like you know we we talk about all the time with like megadeth metallica slayer uh how they've kind of like Experimented throughout the years, uh, whether trying to fit in with whatever is going on in the mainstream or not. Uh, we know the story of Metallica changing over to rock basically when Load came out. Um, but Overkill says, fuck that. We're sticking with what we do best. And that's what they've been t- doing over the years. I've seen them probably a handful of times, met uh, Bobby and um, DD Verney uh, one year. That we caught them with uh vader and uh yeah very cool guys uh very hard working and still pumping it out uh i don't even know how many records they got now it's quite a few though but since they started out in 85 as far as their first full length feel the fire and now to this year i mean goddamn dude <laughs> a lot of records but uh this track uh was basically like i guess you could say it was like their first real hit and I remember in Colorado at the time when I was living out there, Z Rock. I heard it on there first, then caught it on NTV. And for a long time, it was funny because I wanted that skull with the wings as like a tattoo, but I never got one. But I, I remember really, really wanting one at the time. I was really big fan of that record, and uh, this track obviously still is a banger, man. It just is. It's been up in my top twenty forever, and uh, here they are, at thirteen with. Hello from the gutter!
0: Out of curiosity, what's your last name? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you ever upstage me again, (laughs) huh? Don't you ever be funnier than me, ho. How dare you? This is my Netflix special, ho! What? What's your first name? What's your first name? Tran. You, is your real name? Is your first name Tran? My wife's fucking first name is Tran. Yeah, my wife's fucking first name is Tran fucking ho. What do you do for a living? And if you say doctor, <laughs> I'm gonna fuck myself, all right? You're not a doctor, right? Fuck me. What the fuck, is your last, what's your last, your last, are you fucking kidding me? Your last name is fucking ho? Fuck you hoes, all right? Fuck the hoes. Someone in the back is fucking with me right now. Because there's hoes to the left of me, hoes to the right of me, and my real-life wife ho is in the fucking back. This is like... Are you fucking kidding me?
10: This is a bizarre... So fucking funny. Kim Jong. Alright, where are we? We're at number twelve. Yeah. Cruising along here. Um, so this band comes out of the United Kingdom, experimental black metal. Uh they are a bit of a weird band, but I really love them. Um I know a friend of mine, uh Jason uh, also loves them a lot. He's big into the progressive and experimental and avant garde bands like I am. Um, but it's funny because my favorite track from them is a little more straightforward, even though they've added in this very cool Middle Eastern uh, sound, which you know you hear from different times and different bands. But uh, this track comes from their debut full length, uh, "Excommunication of Christ." At one point, between 2015 and 2017, a friend of mine, um, who I used to know online, who was at the time, I was playing some of his podcasts on our radio station a few years back, he actually joined them for a short time as the bassist, uh, Alan Reeks, Weeks, and uh, you know, for Pope Richard, if you guys ever followed his podcast and his, his bands, his little stuff that he does, Uh, He's no longer with the band, but I I thought it was so cool when he told me that he was going to be playing with them for a little bit. Um, But, uh, like I said, my favorite track from them comes from that debut. And, uh, you know, there's actually two versions of this song out there. I like the one that I have a little more than the other one. Um, But, I mean, either way, it's a great tune, uh, cool lyrics. I've always loved, loved, loved the song, and so... At number 12, The Meads of Asphodel. this is Rise and Godless Hell. <laughs>
12: everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ. Live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, afternoon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Necco on Metal Tavern Radio.
11: You have
13: two choices. You can spit or you can swallow, right? You gotta register as one before November 9th. Just make sure you know what you're gonna do. I knew what I was gonna do. I was, um, I was registered as a spitter long before I ever got in that booth, you know what I'm saying? I knew I was gonna spit, because I knew about girls who spit and I knew about girls who swallow. Girls who spit are grossed out by it and they're like ah, gross. And guys don't appreciate it, but it's far better than a girl who swallows, because I knew girls that swallow, oh, these sloven whores, they love it. It's fuel for them. It's how they survive. It's the base of a slut's food pyramid. It's just a sturdy base of cum. And so I was like, I'm not going to be a slut. Like, I don't want to be that. So when I give a blowjob, I'm totally going to spit. So I get in there, I get my first blowjob, and um, I swallowed immediately because I was like, this is disgusting. Let's get it down the hatch, take it like a shot. Like, this is clearly the most efficient way to dispose of this. Immediately. I didn't even have to think twice about it. I've never spit. And <laughs> ever. If you spit, that means you have to hold it in your mouth as you, like, walk through his apartment and find the bathroom that he shares with his roommates. You run into them. They're all watching Varsity Blues in the living room. You have to be like, hey, guys, is anyone in there? Can I get in? Or, Oh, so Andrew's in the shower? I'll wait. It's fine. I love this movie. What if- this was such a good movie. I forget. You forget how good it is. <laughs> Quoting classic lines, I'm like, I don't want your laugh. like, and I can. It's a better James Vanderbeek because of it. Okay, that's one benefit. <laughs> but you're doing like a wine tasting, like you just. And don't get it twisted, guys. A girl isn't. She's not swollen because she's like, yummy, cummy in my tummy. Yummy, mm. No. I mean,
6: sometimes,
13: (laughs) 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 turns out I'm a whore.
10: (gasps) (laughs) 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 All right, we are down to number 11, our first 10, just about up here. And uh, again, another band that's been around for quite a while. part of the Bay Area thrash movement in the late 80s. And uh, I actually discovered them in a sophomore release, The New Order. I was Actually, the first time I heard them was the video for uh, Nobody's Fault, uh, the Aerosmith cover they did. And I was immediately attracted to them because of the... The 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 playfulness and the fun of the video and how goofy they were and of course the music was Outstanding at the time. I didn't really know it was a cover I just thought oh, this is kind of a fun track. They come up with but later on found out it was a cover Uh, But over the years and they're still pumping along they you know Taken some breaks here and there, but they take their time with their records, but they put out really good records so even The last four that they've put out since 2008 um, are all very strong releases, and they continue to show why they're still at the top of their game here. But uh, I always go back to the sophomore release, um, The New Order, because it's just a a fantastic and strong record for me. And uh, some people, you know, they battle like they really like The Legacy, which was the debut, which has some good tracks on it, sure. Uh, but I was always more uh, a big New Order guy. Um, and then there's some people that are more like the third release, Practice What You Preach, and so on. Um, but yeah, the New Order it is for me. And it wasn't Nobody's Fault that ended up being my favorite track from Testament. Uh, but it is Trial by Fire, which is another video they had released uh, during that time. And uh, fucking cool video too. So here it is at number 11, Testament Trial by Fire. (音楽) Thank you.
5: What's up everyone, this is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. Hey,
4: your cell is limp, like your dick!
12: Watch your language in front of the
2: lady, punk! Jeez. <laughs> you were saying? Hey,
4: Gilligan, did you eat the skipper? You better pray to the god of skinny punks that this wind doesn't pick up, because I'll come over there and jam an oar up your ass. Ooh. Hey, those
0: creepers. Those guys keep interrupting us. I'm sorry about that. You were saying about the, uh... Um, hey, lady, look
4: out! There's a fire.
13: Listen up you little spazoids! I know where you live and I've seen where you sleep! I swear to everything holy that your mothers will cry when they see what I've done to you!
9: Back again! Here we go! Jumping into the top
10: 10! And uh, man, it's been a while, man. Been going through this journey together. Uh Yeah, so here we are at number 10. This band, um, man, I'll tell you, I read about them in a magazine in the early 90s. And it was weird because it was a time when, again, like you didn't have the internet to really connect with a lot of the underground. So you relied heavily on what was going on with the magazines and what they were pushing. And, you know, there's this debate with people about, like, you know, was it dead during the mid early to mid nineties? But it really wasn't, because there was like a lot of underground stuff that just wasn't getting a lot of spotlight, and so like it just kind of seemed dead as far as like the the metal scene as 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 it, as it is. Uh, I didn't pick up again until late nineties and early two thousands, but there was always these hidden gems that we never went back to. This wasn't quite a hidden gem. This was a band that was basically featured in a magazine. And so when I was reading about them, the thing that caught my attention at the time was they were mixing a combination of rough vocals with clean vocals, something I hadn't really heard in any band prior. And uh, they were also uh, incorporating industrial into their music. And so when I heard the record, their debut, I was like, this is very good. A little bit simplistic in terms of lyrical uh, arrangements and content, but it had a very raw, dark vibe about it. Kind of remind me as if they were kind of influenced a little bit by uh, Napalm Death in some ways, especially with some of the short bursts of uh, songs like um, uh, Big uh, Rape Gods uh, and stuff like that. But I'm, of course, talking about Fear Factory. Uh, for a long time, Burton Bell is like one of my favorite singers. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is having seen Fear Factory a couple of times over, the you know, through those first 10 years live, um, they aren't really the best live. Like, it doesn't translate well, uh, but it could depend also on the venue. Like, I think I saw them at Ozfest, and then I saw them at some venue in Towson out here in Maryland and uh i wasn't that impressed with them live now i've seen some live footage recently because burton bell who was the longtime singer, singers left so dino the guitarist he's gotten um a new vocalist in there uh, let me see if his name what is his name now um milo silvestro so uh and i've seen some live you know some footage on YouTube and stuff, and he sounds pretty good. He actually does a pretty good job of uh, singing the old material, you know, the the way that Burton did. So I think from that standpoint, he's going to be okay. Like, the band will be okay. Like, that was kind of the concern with people, is like, how would someone match what Burton was doing uh, on the record and live? So, and he actually sounds a little bit better live, so that's another plus, uh, at least in terms of what I saw on YouTube but i uh, saw the new machine the, the debut which was such a raw and straightforward record uh this particular track is always going to be in my top 20. sometimes it was a little higher sometimes a little lower i don't think it's ever dropped out of my top 10 though so it's right at the cusp now uh, <clears throat> but i think the last time that i had done this top 100 list i think it was like number two or three so usually it's pretty high but Again, things change around. Different songs become more, a little bit more favorite than others, but uh, kind of weird between Solving the Machine and d manufacture in 95 was the jump in production. The erasure's lyrics got a little bit better on d manufacture The band has still kind of been up and down in terms of over the years, but uh, some of the lineup changes and whatnot. So, uh, yeah. So Fear Factory is still kind of one of my favorite bands. Um, I don't listen to them as much right now, but uh, I do tend to love a lot of the, like, ballads that Fear Factory did with Burton. Like, they're just something that I can connect with emotionally. But this isn't one of those ballads. This is straightforward, uh, raw, and uh, was really kind of just blew me away when I first heard the record, and uh, to this day, it's still one of my favorites. And here we go. Number 10, Fear Factory. This is Scapegoat.
5: He has not confessed, he has made no statement, charges of murder have been accepted against him.
13: In your apartment, (laughs) David, you've seriously influenced so many female comics' haircuts. (laughs) Tonight, Jeff is dressed as Prince, the Prince of Wales, the animal. You're fat, (laughs) Jeff. If you changed your name to a symbol, it'd be the Arby's logo. no jeff i'll admit i've imagined jeff without clothes it's how i stay thin <laughs> rob wriggle uh, i want to thank you so much for fighting the war against terrorism and subtlety <laughs> jimmy a Carr is what ralph macchio has to do to find a place to sleep every night <laughs> Jewel is here. Or as I call her, Trailer Swift. <laughs> Jewel, I do not want to bad mouth you since God already did. No. I think your smile is cute. I feel like your teeth are like the Spice Girls. You know, they're all different colors and they're like doing their own thing. So that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was funny. Peyton Manning is here. That's not for you guys, that's for him. Peyton, you're here right now. You've had a lot of concussions. You're here. Don't murder your wife. I I don't know much about football, but I love Peyton uh, in commercials. You're like you're so good at him, like legitimately. I'd say you're the greatest of all time. I'd say like you're like the Tom Brady of being in commercials, you know, like, the greatest. Like, he's the greatest, right? So. <laughs> and without furor ado, Ann Coulter. <laughs> oh, Ann. What's it like to be like a real life supervillain? You know, like. I'd ask you how you sleep at night, but I'd assume just upside down in a robe of 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Ann Coulter has written 11 books, 12 if you count Mein Kampf. <laughs> yes. anne has been called things like a racist, anti-semitic, homophobic, a white supremacist, and that's just while getting plowed by Bill Maher. <laughs> The only person you will ever make happy is the Mexican who digs your grave. <laughs> uh, speaking of Hitler, Jeff, you and Hitler have a lot in common. What's that? Micropenis. You're bad at your art. And no one cared about you till you started roasting people. <laughs> <laughs> Guys... I can make that joke because I'm not Jewish, so I don't care. (laughs) Don't be mad, at least I acknowledge the Holocaust and doesn't even think it happened. (laughs) Speaking of deniable tragedies, Rob Lowe. (laughs) You're so hot, I can't even stand it. Rob defies age restrictions You really You're you're f***ing Adonis Look at you You look like you're sculpted I mean you put the statue in statutory rape I mean Right? God I had such a crush on you When I was a little girl If only I'd known that's when I had my best shot Thank you so much
10: number nine and we are with probably the most famous band in metal on the planet uh everyone knows my thoughts on them pretty much post master of puppets but uh really uh the, no matter where you feel about them now and their career after a certain point like They're always going to be that band that kind of kicked off Thrash. I mean, I know they're not the only one. There's always this big debate whether they're the first Thrash band or there was other ones around at the time uh, that were dabbling in the same type of, you know, adjustment with speed and everything else. But as far as a brand name, we know that Metallica was a big, big influencer on a lot of stuff over there in the the West Coast. Uh, But whether how you feel about the first three records whether you're a big kill mall fan or ride of lightning or even master puppets it was really master puppets uh was the first record that i heard and the first track that i uh attached to was disposable heroes and uh but just to this day it's still my favorite record it's it's kind of funny when i look at the metal archives like the, the reviews have a little bit higher rating for writing lighting, which is not a slouch of a record at all. But uh, I still feel like Master of Puppets is like their unicorn, like their top tier of writing and song structures and Cliff's influence and everything else on that record. And uh, I don't know if people just kind of get tired of like, I don't know if it's like some sort of elitism that they don't want to love Master of Puppets, as much as the first two were not, but uh, I don't take it too much to heart because I love what I love. I know there are other people who feel the same way. It was awesome to see them use that track in Stranger Things, uh, the show on Netflix. And so, at least they took a track from the band that, you know, people are really more in love with than some of the later stuff. So,. Here we are at number nine, it's Metallica, Disposable Heroes, give it up.
3: Hey there, Louis. I need some new material. You're telling me. I mean, all my jokes are frog related. No I- kidding. I need ferret insults. You need a hobby. Hey, what do you think of this one? Hey, ferret, your mother is a prairie dog. What's that supposed to mean? He- your mother is a prairie dog. Yeah, it's not to be a funny. Dog. Well, I don't know. Okay, how about this? Hey, ferret. Your mother's a bushy-tailed mongoose. What's with all the mother
8: jokes? I don't know. They work. Louie, if you want to insult them, say something really derogatory. Like what? Like, hey, Ferret, your slapstick brand of humor is less intelligent than my witty, dialogue-driven banter. Well, that's a half an hour long. Well, it makes them think. It's very psychological. All right, let me give it a try. give it a Uh, shot.
3: Hey, Ferret, your dialogue-driven slapstick is humorless and, and without banter for all. See, I don't think he understood it, Frank. Well, you didn't say it right. I said it as best I. Hey, sorry, your mother's a weasel! (laughs) See that? It works every time. I heard him. I stung him with that one. Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay.
10: Down to number eight. Uh, One of the premier bands to come out of Florida in the late 80s. And, uh... Kind of funny because my favorite record for is their sophomore record, uh, "Blessed Are the Sick," but my favorite track comes from Covenant, and of course I'm talking about "Morbid Angel." And it's really funny because you know when David Vincent left after Domination, they brought in Steve Tucker, who was there for a couple records, two or three records, and then he left, and then David came back for a quick hot second and put out probably what was the worst fucking record in Morbid Angel history. Uh, I often play the whole, like, uh, Hitler uh, video meme thing they did, uh, mocking it. It's, like, the funniest fucking thing ever. Uh, Tucker then came back because that clearly didn't work out, you know, Vincent is just going to be Vincent doing his own thing, which is weird because he's doing I Am Morbid Now, which is just basically singing his old tunes. But anyway, uh, Tucker came back, and they did Kingdom's Sustain in 2017, and it was pretty amazing. But I always wondered how, because I got a chance to see him uh, within the last couple of years with Tucker, and I was always curious how Tucker would do pulling off you know doing old tracks including this song and he did an amazing job like it it was like without missing a beat and i know that right now more Angel angels in good hands like tucker is the man he's the one that's gonna lead these guys down the road and uh and rightfully so i mean he, he should have never left in the first place but you know there was this push back a little bit which uh, to be fair I was one of them I just I was such a Vincent fan for such a long time and it was hard for me to get used to another guy doing the vocals but even when you go back to albums like Gateways to Annihilation which is really a great strong record uh, Tucker is an incredible vocalist and and player and so definitely uh, worthy of being in this band so but the track comes from the time that Vincent was there It is Morbid Angel performing God of Emptiness.
1: Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams, and you're listening to Merrill Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music.
12: My dad just found marijuana. 70 years old, started eating it every night. 20 milligrams, my mom says. Dad's eating 20. That's what I said. I was like, that's a lot. I goes, are there any side effects? She goes, other than the fact that he calls me bro a lot? No. We go down to Tampa, spend some time with my parents. We're out on their dock, my whole family, my dad, my mom. You can tell when my dad's weed kicks in because he starts humming Jimmy Buffett songs. All of a sudden, he just pops up, turns around us. He goes, who wants to talk to an owl tonight, huh? I look at my mom. I go, how much weed is Harry Potter eating? My mom's like, no, he talks to an owl every night. Show him, Albert. My dad just gets on the edge of the dock and goes, whoo. My idiot kids are like, Papa, should we hoot too? He's like, yeah, come on, girls, we'll all hoot. Let's do it. Here we go. Hoo, hoo. Now the three of them are on the edge of the dock like three crips letting them know cops are in the neighborhood. <laughs> hoo 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 hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. Five minutes goes by. Five minutes, we don't hear a sound. I look at my dad, I go, hey, dad, maybe we should sit down. I don't think your owl's out tonight. He's like, yeah, that's crazy. He's always out. Don't worry, we'll try again tomorrow, girls. Pour a glass of wine, 30 seconds later, clear as a bell, all of us here. Whoo! I get chill bumps. I look at my dad and I go, Dad, it's your owl. He's like, I told you, bro. He's like, I'll get him going. And once I get him going, we can all talk to him, alright? Whoo! And Right on top of it, we hear. My oldest daughter goes, Dad, I go, shut the fuck up. We're talking to an owl. (laughs) She goes, Dad, I go, wait your turn, bitch. I'm next. She goes, Dad, look across the lake at the old man on his dock. Sure as shit, there's another drunk, blind, old white man. Just, whoo! Whoo! These two are like Ric Flair in a cave. Just, whoo! 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 Whoo!
10: All right. At number seven. I was a big, big fan of these guys in the early 90s um obviously after uh i think it was 96 the original singer left and um they got a new singer who isn't bad but the band sort of take a took a turn to change their identity a little bit from death thrash band to more of a metalcore uh slash thrash they've they've done a couple great records in the latter years uh Quadra and um Machine Masai were really really strong records I thought. Um, I don't know, Sapel Quadra came out. Oh, it looks like it's just uh yeah, it's just sort of like a remix, I guess, that that record was. But um Sepulter, of course is who I'm talking about and uh, really really loved them for a long time. Sorry, i got other things going on here. Uh, but, you know, recently Neko and I saw um, the Cavalier brothers come through because Igor is no longer with Seperture either. So they got to get back together. The brothers did and doing Cavalier conspiracy or just whatever, soul flight stuff like that. But they came through as Cavalier Conspiracy and they were doing the entire Beneath the Remains album and that was a lot of fucking fun. Like, I had such a blast. I know Neko got some video footage of me jamming out and having a good time. Uh, so I was really happy with that. It sounded really good. I did get to see sub early, in early 90s a couple of times when they were their full band and that was really amazing and a lot of fun. Uh, but this track comes off the third uh, full-length Or fourth, if you count the uh, Morbid Vision stuff, um, called uh, "Desperate Cry" off of Rise, and it's such a great tune and very cool. And I think even recently uh, a band—I forget the name offhand—guy, I can't believe I forgot the band name—but did a pretty cool cover of it. But either way, here's "Desperate Cry" from Sepultura at number seven.
7: The Hordes of Chaos, only on Metal Tab Radio. Pump it.
13: All I knew about penises at this point in my life were that they were these noodly things that hung between a guy's legs. They pee from them, and you shouldn't look at your cousin JD's when you guys are getting changed to go swimming. Like, that's all the information I had about penises. And now what's gonna go in my mouth? I knew that sex was a thing, a penis would go in my vagina someday, but that was, it's my vagina, like I don't have taste buds down there or whatever. <laughs> like stick whatever you want down there, I can't taste it, okay? So I was like, who cares about my vagina? But my mouth, that's where candy goes, like I can't <laughs> believe you would put a dick there. I was devastated. You, you kind of go, maybe I don't have to do it, maybe it's something that not, not every girl does, and then you realize it's kind of your destiny as a woman. Like, you're gonna do it. You know what I realized you have to do it, is when I found out it was one of the bases. I, cause I knew home plate was sex, and if I ever wanted to have sex, cause I wanted to, I don't know, make a family someday, I was gonna have to, you can't skip a base. If you want kids, you're gonna have to suck some dicks on the way to those kids. <laughs> The last thing my kids want me doing. Yeah.
10: All right. <clears throat> Down to number six. And uh cool thing about those late eighties when I'm talking about being in Colorado and listening to Z Rock when I'm discovering bands like Overkill and you know, even rediscovering Slayer at that point. Uh discovered another artist who was already legendary basically coming from a band called merciful fate uh but by then this is 1988 you know so having just released the album them um this track was the first one i heard from that record on that radio station and still my favorite to this day but i'm a big fan i know neck was a big fan of king diamond and uh them is still like my favorite record uh of all time uh when it comes to king diamond and one of my favorite records amongst all many you know uh so here we are at number six king diamond without further ado the invisible guest
12: find me funny I've only made him laugh one time one time, seven Christmases ago I was in D.C. I called my wife up I go, yo, what do you want for Christmas? My wife's like pajamas that's what I heard, pajamas she meant pajamas I heard pajamas she meant a pair of pajamas, start there Bert, I heard the plural so I bought her seven pairs of pajamas and individually wrapped them she had a lot of shit to open and then sat back in the cut going, done son (laughs) bitch wants pajamas bitch got pajamas (laughs) all Christmas I'm like, yo, open my gift she's like, I'll get to it I'm working with the girls my dad's sitting next to me like, you must have killed it this year, buddy I was like, you'll see (laughs) finally End of Christmas, she gets to my present. I've been talking about this present all Christmas. (laughs) Whole family gathers around. She opens the first pair, pulls them out, and just goes, oh, pajamas. (laughs) And immediately I think, fuck. (laughs) If that's her reaction to pajamas number one, I can't imagine it's gonna build. My dad's drinking whiskey and eggnog, and just goes, "Who the fuck buys someone pajamas?" She opens the second pair, pulls them out, and goes, "Oh, more pajamas." My dad looks at the five unwrapped gifts, quickly does the math, and goes, "Oh, you're a fucking idiot." By pajamas number five, he's going flipper on me, just. Pajamas number six, the whole families around are going, come on pajamas, come on pajamas. Pajamas number seven, they are pissing themselves. Thinking, how could this get funnier? What they do not know is I've also bought my mom and sister's pajamas. You should have seen this man when my mom pulled her gift out from me and he was like, oh, it's motherfucking Pajamas.
10: my mom especially buy me like fucking five pairs of socks like (laughs) as if I was on some sort of shortage uh they would give me other things but man I I remember just a couple of Christmases in a row it was like always like socks oh more socks yeah so I, I get the vibe there with that all right we're getting down to the top five here folks uh what bands could they be uh, at number five here of all the Bay Area thrash bands, this one gets overlooked the most. Uh, even though in recent years more metalheads and you know diehards will bring them up uh, as well as I do, but obviously they kind of started out or they go back and forth between like heavy and power metal to thrash metal. But uh, this particular record. Um, in 1989 just is so fucking dominating. It's like the best fucking record ever. Uh, I still, it's still, when it comes to thrash, it's still like at my top of my list. Uh, even though a lot of the other thrash bands around the Bay Area were putting out, you know, numerous great albums uh, compared to this band, this this particular record was just the top of the tier and not for me. Uh, so when they broke up after 91, I was kind of disappointed. Uh, but then they released uh, an album called Left for Dead in 2008, but then, of course, a couple of members uh, from the band have passed away after a few years, and even though the status of the band is unknown at this point, uh, I just kind of doubt that they're going to put anything else out. It'd be nice, but I just think they're kind of beyond that. They're just not as dedicated or I don't want to say dedicated but just not you know they don't know where to really kind of go with the band at this point so unfortunately I don't think they're going to be anymore uh, at this point unless they just happen to surprise everybody with another record after a great long time <laughs> but uh, in 1989 they released uh, Annihilation Principle and uh, to this day still one of my favorite bands is Laws Rockets and here at number five My favorite track from that record is Mob Justice.
9: place to take care of all your automotive needs and get in touch with Stauffers Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stouffers takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stouffers is located at A328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stouffers is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics with do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find in other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Necco, sent you out.
13: Listen, I'm sick
11: of being all coy and bashful, Dale. Okay? we in the bathroom.
13: So just take a minute.
11: There's really little you can do with that. Oh, s- Let me just hop. Oh, oh,
9: it's all slippery.
11: Uh, oh, oh, my God. It's getting oh, oh, Something's going to happen. Oh, We just had sex. <clears throat> just the way I met. <clears throat>
7: Thank
11: you. I love you. Stay golden, pony boy.
10: I gotta pee.
7: Oh my god. You're incredible.
10: All right. Coming in at number four. Yeah. Uh, definitely in the late 80s when I was starting to get into more death metal stuff you know napalm death and tuned morbid angel obituary so on and so on one band that clearly stood out to me at some point um in 1990 before i left colorado to come to maryland uh was a band called death and uh I was looking at an archives and it's kind of interesting because there's no other band. Like, you know how you go on archives and you're like, okay, I'm going to type in this band name. And sometimes there'd be like two or three or sometimes 10 of bands of the same name. <laughs> uh, there's no other band, uh, metal band, that's called Death. Like, I don't know if that's just out of respect for what Chuck Schildner and company built uh, during that time over the year before he passed away, uh, unfortunately. Or if it's just because people just haven't, you know, I don't know, maybe they get yelled at. They try to use the same name or whatever from a different country. That's usually how it works. Uh, there was a band called Death. If you ever seen the doc, it's, uh, it was three black guys who were doing kind of like a mixture of punk rock and, and stuff like that. It's a really great doc if you haven't seen it. Uh, Long before Chuck had done his own version of Death. Uh, but these guys were very cool. And it was a very touching documentary. Kind of, uh I mean, differently, but uh, the sentiment is there. And it's really, really cool. But anyway, we're talking about Chuck Schildner's death and um, basically his band. Which was so inspirational to many bands around that time. And, of course... As he went along with them, it became a little more technical and progressive in nature uh, before he finally passed away after the last album, Sound of Perseverance, in 98. I think he passed passed away in 2003, so he'd already started doing Control Denied at that point. Uh, You know, the one thing I will disagree a little bit with Chuck on, though, because some years later, he basically kind of didn't like being labeled as a death metal band, but... As I've told people before, like subgenres and genres are important with metal and music and general because mainly if you are talking to somebody who's just getting into metal music, if they are fans of thrash or fans of power metal or Doom, like, you're not going to suggest a band like Death if that's the kind of music they're into because Death is not the same type. Now, if you're like me, you like many styles of metal, it's irrelevant. You can say, Hey, recommend me some death metal bands and you can go on and list whatever. But for the noobs who are say if you find someone who just happens to love power metal, death isn't gonna be one of those bands. So from that point of view, you can't agree with Chuck in the sense that every band is a metal band. They are in a sense, but the subgenres and genres are important to distinguish the type of sound and writing that they incorporate into their music. Uh, but again, this, you know, I, I, my favorite album from Death is Human, probably. Uh, I do like Symbolical Light a lot. But my favorite track is the title track from 1990's Spiritual Healing. And that's coming in at number four. Rest in peace, Chuck. This is for you, brother. Here's Death with Spiritual Healing.
7: here.
1: Be going on vacation? See the thing is, if you bout to be up out this biatch, check it. Peep Delta. We be flying all over this bitch. Let me ask you something. You fin to raise up and get your travel on? From the interior to the exterior, you got to get your posterior in one of these big ass planes. Dog, you lay in the cut straight sitting on your ass and getting your drink on and your snack on while we floss and fly this mofo all over this bitch. East Coast, West Coast, it don't matter. Nia, we'll get you to your hoe and back lickety splits. No sh**. Then you be back at your crib chillin' with a flat spliff, thinkin' we was some crazy-ass angel. Hell, these fat, round, thick-ass vessels run up in the sky so deep, it be cryin'. Yeah, you thought it was rain. So bring a towel, cause at Delta, it's laid out like that. Call one of these fly-ass Delta coochies and make all them punk-ass coworkers of yours catch the vapors as you be off and about. You goin'? We fly, you dare. You been? We done all. Already flew up in there. We got you covered like a Jimmy Hack. At Delta, we love the flying. At every show love.
10: Alright. Coming at number three, unfortunately. Another band where the lead singer is no longer with us, unfortunately, and uh very talented. I remember when I first saw them on MTV in 93, they would already put out a couple of records um, by that point, but they weren't well known at all. And really it was MTV and of course uh, the show Beavis and Butthead had kind of like propelled them uh, as far as exposure was concerned. And uh, when I went out and bought Bloody Kisses, I was like very impressed. Uh, with them, and I've always been a huge fan of Type O Negative and Peter Steele uh, throughout the years. Uh, The record's never disappointed, even though there was a lot of space in between them. Uh, But, you know, it's all about quality versus quantity a lot of times, but uh, unfortunately, shortly after, uh, probably around, I think, 2010 or 11, uh, Peter passed away, uh, unfortunately, so but there's been some other projects that some of the, the Romanian members went and did that kind of had the vibe that typo have. And there was another band called October Noir that was almost a duplicate of typo O. it was original material they were doing, but, uh, definitely had a very same feel, uh, as typo, but of course they just banned it recently. So, uh, you Know, I mean, it's people are kind of torn with stuff like that when a band is paying that much tribute to another band, uh, but I could appreciate it for what they were doing, but it obviously it's not as good as the original band doing it. So, uh, but my favorite track comes off their '96 release, October Rust, and I did have a chance to see them during that tour opening up for Queens Reich at the time. Great record, um totally on point and the first track or single they had from that is this one here so at number three of my all-time favorite metal tracks typo negative this is love you to death
4: hundred candles burning A salty sweat drips from her breast Her hips move And I can feel what they're saying Swaying They say the beast inside of me is going to get you Get you
10: Isaac
1: is from Exhortation. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Do you have bathrooms here, or do I have to shit in a planet?
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stupid fucking idiot,
7: red-shirted ass. You guys think you're so fucking cool? It makes me sick. Let's go make fun of the vegans and their crazy lifestyle. We're not hurting anyone. Go eat a hamburger and choke on a cow dick.
3: Someone missed their yoga class this morning. Alright.
10: Down to the final two. Uh, This band, you know, has been around forever. Early 90s, progressive, Viking, black metal. Uh, Some people hate that term. I I, I had a guy the other day, some fucking loser-ass black metal elitist, like, complaining because of how the band is defined now uh you just run into some of these fucking jokes of people um in the metal scene but luckily most people don't give a flying fuck about people like that but this band you know starting out around first full length actually put out a couple full lengths in 94 um they, i find all their material great regardless of how they progressed over the years uh still very great band it just released a new one this year hemdale hem um but uh my favorite track here from them uh in fact i can't remember which particular record it was from was it vertebrae I'm trying to see here oh i forget i love so much of their shit, but um I'm trying to remember not that one anyway uh the greatest thing about this track is when it gets down to like the six minute mark uh they start editing like saxophone uh into the mix and it's kind of a cool backdrop to an already great lyrical song and the song's called hindsight and at number two in fact it's probably the the first time they've jumped into the top 10 top 20 really so as over time the band has become a bigger bigger favorite of mine going to see them the end of april here uh vip so i'll get the chance to meet him again last time my wife um in 2015 bought us vip tickets to see enslaved and uh it was so cool because she managed to get them to sing me happy birthday that night um uh, it was kind of a slow night. It was like wasn't a whole lot of people? I felt really bad for them, but they performed as if they're performing at a festival, so the energy was there. These guys come to work, uh they do their job and they have a lot of fun doing it. Very cool guys. Uh, hopefully they turn out for the end of the month will be much stronger than than what we got the last time I saw them, but signed the poster, which is somewhere around in my room here, but uh great band uh love them and everything they put out was amazing so at number two here we go enslaved hindsight
3: This is Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tab on Radio.
13: So, where do you uh, work, Peter? In a tech. And yeah, what do you do there?
2: I sit in a cubicle. And I update bank software for the 2000 switch. What that? Well, see, they wrote all this bank software, and uh, to save space, they use two digits for the date instead of four. So, like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, so I go through these thousands of lines of code, and uh, it doesn't really matter. I uh, I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm gonna go anymore. You're not gonna go? Yeah. Don't you get fired? I don't know, but I really don't like it, and uh, I'm not gonna go.
5: <laughs> so you're gonna quit?
2: uh, not really. Uh, I'm just gonna stop going. <laughs> <laughs>
13: uh, when did you decide all of that?
2: About an hour ago. Really? Yeah.
13: About an hour ago. <laughs> so you gonna get another job?
2: I don't think I'd like another job
13: what are you going to do about money and bills and...
2: You know, I've never really liked paying bills. I don't think I'm going to do that.
10: All right, folks. We are here. Finally got here. It's been a travel, a journey, all the way down to number one. For some of you who have followed me doing these top 100 lists, I probably just about the third or fourth time I've done this. This song and artist will not be a stranger. It hasn't changed. Uh, probably never will for a long time. Everything else in my top 100 might move up or down or be added or subtracted, but this particular song and artist will never be that way. Um, for the first time, I used to read about them a lot in magazines in the early to mid 90s, and then in 97. Uh, I picked up a VHS that had a compilation of songs on it. Ironically enough, Demi Borgir was one of them on there, um, and I think that's probably why I picked it up initially because I saw them on. There. I said, "Oh, okay, cool." Uh, but when I saw this song and heard it, and then became such a big fan of the brainchild behind the project, even though the project is no more, it ended in two thousand six. Uh, the artist has said he has no desire to bring it back. He's gone on a different path as far as, like, his mentality with music and stuff. And to his credit, you know, over the last 15 years, Devin Townsend has become a big, uh, a bigger staple to people. Like, people have taken notice of him, and you see reaction videos on YouTube all the time and people talking about him, so in that sense Devin's work as far as a solo artist has grown tremendously Um, but my roots with him are always going to be with his project Strapping Young Lad and obviously from the 96 album City this is the track that the single that came off of that record and it's just still so powerful with me both lyrically and the way that Devin conveys his vocals arrangements in this. And uh, it was really kind of funny because I remember when I heard City and I started hearing, listening to some of his other work back then. It was solo stuff. I kept saying, "Man, you know, if he brought, incorporated some of this stuff with the strapping stuff, it'd be a pretty good mixture." And of course, he released uh, Alien uh, a couple albums later, which did exactly that. And uh, it was just amazing. So i do miss this project i know Devin's at a better place mentally as far as like less anger he's a little more zen as he puts it but uh for the rest of us that still deal with pain and misery around us and need that outlet uh this is one of these songs that just allows me to do that um, without strangling people to death so without further ado my number one favorite metal track of all time Detox, Stravin Young Lad, Mighty, Mighty Devin Townsend. Thank you all for checking this out and supporting the Metal Town Radio podcast, the station, our YouTube channel. It's much appreciated. If anything, just spread the word about us. Let people know they can listen to online metal and rock 24-7. Your best bet for tuning into our station is through... Um, Xii Alive app uh, on your iPhones or Androids. It gives you a readout about the song and the band. So that's your best app of tuning in to us. So again, much appreciated. And I bid you all a great weekend. Here we go, strapping young lad.
4: that stupid piece of shit! Grrrr! <groan>